0: back to another episode of Talking Trade. I'm Sandy Siegel, President of MEJ.
1: And I'm Ian Coxhead, University of Wisconsin-Madison. And today we're very fortunate to have one of our very own alumni with us, uh, Adam Sikoff, uh, currently the director, in fact, for the last 20 years, director of the American Chamber of Commerce in Hanoi, Vietnam. Uh, Adam was a poli-sci graduate from UW in, 19. I'm going to say, 1992. Is that about right?
2: Yes, and, better uh, than 1892.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're really privileged to have him join us today. So Adam, uh, COVID aside, Vietnam has had an amazing ride, not just for the last couple of years, but actually for the last couple of decades as well. One of the fastest growing economies uh, in the global uh, marketplace. Uh, Ever since the US bilateral trade agreement in 2001, and then of course, uh, greatly reinforced by WTO accession in 2007. You've been there throughout that really fascinating period. So what are a couple of the key insights into the success of Vietnam over that time?
2: Well, thank you. It's uh, it, it's great to be on your show. Um, as, as, as the listeners know, um, Vietnam, you know, went through many decades of these wars and kind of came out of that experience with a tattered economy and, and central planning and not much going on. And so if we look back 25 years ago, uh, bilateral trade between the US and Vietnam was only about 450 million dollars a year and now it's over 90 billion dollars a year and so you just look at the tre- uh, fantastic growth that's uh, taken place during that time and so we're really looking at a country um that has almost 100 million people in about the same space as New Mexico is And so it's a place that went from being one of the largest recipients of World Food Program aid and things like that, uh, you know, maybe 20 years ago or so, to one of the fastest growing economies in the world. And last year, uh, you know, right during COVID, Vietnam was the fastest growing economy in Asia and, and has emerged really as a key trading partner of the United States.
1: That's right. Well, I know that their, uh, their share in U.S. imports has doubled in the last two years, up to about 3.4%. Now, pretty incredible growth. Now, uh, last week, um, we had uh, Vice President Kamala Harris in Hanoi uh, meeting with the uh, Vietnamese government. What was on the agenda trade-wise? What should we expect to learn about that meeting?
2: Well, I would say importantly for the people of Wisconsin, for example, there were a lot of agricultural market access issues discussed, and the U.S. has been uh, telling Vietnam for a while, let more of our uh, products, agricultural goods, into Vietnam. You know, Vietnam is now the seventh largest uh, agricultural importer from the United States of any country in the world. So it's quite significant. You got a lot of people there who are intent on eating as much American stuff as they can. And so the vice president was able to strike a deal with the Vietnamese leaders for better uh, market access, meaning lower tariffs on things like corn and wheat and pork and uh, those are all, you know, essential supplies coming out of the Midwest in the U.S. So that's really going to help on that front. Uh, we also have a lot of uh, digital economy issues with Vietnam. There's a continuing struggle there about um, uh, American internet companies and yeah. Vietnam's effort to kind of control data and things like that. And um, unfortunately, you know, the U.S. at the beginning of 2017 removed itself from the Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement. And that was uh, unpopular in both political parties in the US. But it's something that would have really helped American companies, American consumers, and American farmers. And so we don't have anything to replace it right now. Other countries keep moving forward. But we've continued to uh, encourage the Biden administration to kind of get in there and see what kind of deals they can make with Vietnam to to sort of help the American people. Interesting. Well, I think you touched on it a little bit, Adam. I
0: think some of the growth can be attributed to the China-U.S. trade wars. Um, and I know at the beginning of the trade wars a few years ago, there was anticipation of a lot of you know manufacturing moving either by by design back to the U.S. or elsewhere in Asia. And I know from my customers, you know, that are importers and have manufacturing in China that's not always easy to do in the short term, right? You know, you've got customized manufacturing and, and tools and molds and so forth. And, and, you know, so now that we're a couple of years into the China trade wars, um, you know, those that could shift easily perhaps have and, you know, continue to look elsewhere. So, you know, what's been the, you know, the, the last couple of years? Are you continuing to see more and more move since nobody's, thinks that the China trade wars are going to go away? Um, you know, are you seeing the same momentum
2: as you did in the beginning? And, and what can you, you know, speak on that? Well, they, thank you for that. Um, I think uh, international trade is, is, is more complicated today than it's ever been. And we look at the trade tensions that started uh, during the last administration, right? The, right? the tariff wars and other things. Between the US and China. And that did force a lot of US companies to sort of look at their manufacturing and global supply chain and say, is there a a more efficient, better, less risky way that we can do that? And that did involve a lot of people shifting certain pieces out of China into countries like Vietnam. As you said in your question, it's not easy. And I can tell you, I have never met a business person that's. uh, come in with a smile talking about how they want to move from China to Vietnam. It's incredibly hard, as you said. Look, it's hard for somebody to pack up all their stuff in Madison and move to Chicago or California. Think what it is when you're in another country with a different legal system, a different language, and you already have your your legal team and your HR team and thousands of people in a factory. And all of a sudden, to kind of move that to a new place... And just deal with the logistics of how you're going to get these widgets made. Um, it's a daunting task for people, but um, that's been necessitated by uh, by the uh, the trade tensions. And I think COVID also ha- has done that. We saw at the beginning of COVID when there was the big problem in, in Wuhan that spread, a real kind of uh, shutdown or suspension of supply chains. And so um, that even continues today in many ways. Uh, I'd say most listeners are familiar with what's going on with computer chips and how that affects uh, the car industry, for example, and other products. And uh, then we see it in other things. You know, if you try to order a refrigerator right now, they're going to say, yeah, that's great. You can get it in May. And I uh, have been telling people for the past few weeks that if you want to buy a uh, Christmas presents, you ought to think about doing it right now. Because uh, with COVID, we have real severe shutdowns in different parts of Asia where things are made or where components are made, and that's having a a negative impact across the supply chain. And so it's an interesting time, but in the end for American consumers, they're going to see Uh, empty spaces on shelves later this year and uh, when people are going to continue that frustrating experience they go online to order a new mountain bike and the little you know expected shipping date says May 2022 and people (laughs) get upset about that and 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 those problems aren't going to go away anytime soon. No I
0: yeah I'm experiencing it daily on you know as a freight forwarder and the availability of space both out of China and Vietnam are so strained that yes, we getting goods here for Christmas is not looking very promising. Um, And and the cost is four times what it was a year ago. Oh, it's super,
2: it's very expensive. and, And an interesting thing, you know, most people don't consider freight and containers and all that, that's something removed. All people really want is to click on the Amazon website and get their stuff the next day. But the reality is, is we're seeing for the first time that many people, are starting uh, are finding that it's less expensive to put things on airplanes than it is those uh, metal containers on ships and it's it's a weird thing logistically and and we have i'll give you an example we have four airlines in vietnam none of them operate commercial flights anymore because of uh, covid right now but all of them are shipping things around the world even even something like coffee beans from brazil to, to california even that has nothing to do with uh with these airlines and so we're seeing a dislocation on trade that ultimately affects uh, pricing. It's going to affect uh, uh, inflation in the United States, uh, which I believe is real. Um, It it seems that the Fed doesn't. And it's going to uh, really impact what people are able to buy and when later on this year.
1: Thanks, uh, Adam. We've got about 30 seconds left. A really quick take. Uh, Vietnam's uh, anti-COVID strategy has been maybe the most draconian in the world. Uh, How do you see it playing out over the next few months?
2: If for, for the officials in Vietnam, it's a simple equation. Um, you either have vaccine, which can help protect people and keep them out of the hospital from dying, or you need to keep people away from each other so infection doesn't spread. Yeah. And Vietnam did great at that last year. The Delta variant is clobbering them. And, uh, and right now, for the, the past couple months, Everything has really been shut down in Vietnam, and that impacts all of our American companies. So there are almost a half million people each day in Vietnam that make Nike products, for example. Most of them aren't at work today. Uh, They're sitting at home uh, receiving food deliveries from the military who are out on the streets to make sure that people stay away from each other. And you could say the same for uh, Intel's uh, uh, chip uh, facility there, and all the clothes that people wear and, and and bicycles and everything else that's made in Vietnam. And so um, the COVID restrictions have a big impact on American companies and American consumers. And that's why, uh, you know, I, I, I will also go get my booster shot here, but we need to see two tracks. We need to see the Biden administration do what's necessary to protect American people and to make sure that the rest of the world is also getting this protection, because otherwise we're going to see uh, empty spaces on shelves. And that's what we're seeing right now. It's very complicated.
1: Yeah, yeah. Adam Sitkoff, uh, Director of the American Chamber of Commerce in Hanoi, it's been great talking to you today. Thank you very much. Thank you so uh, much. Thank you. Thanks,
2: Thanks,
1: Adam. Adam. This has been Talking Trade, and we'll see you in the next episode.